Good afternoon, everybody. This is your host, K. Did coming back out to you one more time. So, if you're not following us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or TikTok, what are you doing? Come on, hang out with us on our different social media platforms. We are constantly on Twitter and giving out information all the time. We are on Instagram, also giving out more information. But if you need, if you're trying to find a job, if you want resources, it will be pinned at the bottom of this particular podcast. We hope you enjoy. Also, um, so we have our guest on today. She's going to introduce herself. Um, and we're just going to tell her her story about her perspective of what happened to her and her family in the shelter, you know, those times. So, yes, you can introduce yourself. Hi, yes. Good evening or good afternoon. My name is Maria Teresa Wallez. Um, I was in a family shelter with my family, me, my husband, my daughter. We were in the system uh, way back when HSP was around, when a Vanish program, um, Vanish program was around, when they had child work advantage, where they had fixed income advantage, um, all sorts of advantage programs that only lasted two years, which HSP, it lasted four years. I'm sorry, five years, and unfortunately, people had to go back and forth into the system. I wasn't under HSP, but I was under the Vantage program, which brought me back into the system twice. Um, I did have my daughter in the system, and my husband was in the system, but we had to separate, so she stayed with family and friends, and me and my husband went into the system together. Um, his name is Alan Granville. Um, and yeah, um, all I could say is that being in the system with your family is really hard. But at the same time, we knew we had to make a strive to what we had to do to keep a roof over our heads, even though they kept denying us, denying us, denying us, and going through the system with our daughter at the time when she was a she was a baby. They like three years old at the time and of course they kept kicking us out because we didn't have certain we went through the system and and uh it was really hard for us to deal with the whole situation of being in and out the system being told what to do what not to do as far as bringing in documentations not having the documentations uh I didn't know what was gonna happen next, even though we did the overnights for like six months and then keep getting denied for temporary housing, which we did a 10 day placement. Um, we finally did get accepted um, back in the fall of 2008. And then we stayed in the system until 2010 finally got the advantage program, which only lasted two years, but you still had to uh, get recertified for the, you know, for your, for the second year. It's kind of sad, unfortunately, the program ended. It was under the Bloomberg administration and it hurt because I didn't want to go back in. My husband didn't want to go back in. It was really stressful because we did go to housing court. We did stay in our place until September of 2012. And then from 2012 to 
2016, I think April 2016, um, we stayed in the shelter, then we finally did get our place, which I'm at now. Uh, what hurts about being in the system, in my opinion, when it goes about, they do so much digging and then after they do the digging, it's like they realize, okay, your name is not on the lease, but you were still denied shelter, which I didn't understand why, but I put up with it. Me and my husband, Alan, put up with it so much that it, it, it was nerve wracking. And just to drag all your clothes and all your birth certificate, your social security card, your whole entire life with you for the whole entire day, it, it was a drag and being denied and then if you if you try to you try to keep your head up high but at the same time it was very stressful uh, thank god we had each other but at the same time it got to the point where i, I just felt that at that time frame i just wish they had you know, if families do get denied services and if they do get denied of not being in the system, if they don't have nowhere else to go, you have to entertain your child by doing all sorts of things. Fortunately, thank God there was a park um, out where the old, where they used to have the old, where PAC used to be at, um, St. Mary's Park, where we always used to go to. And just to keep our mind off of things and just, trying to enjoy because when all this happened it was during the summer months that we kept getting denied denied so thank god the weather was i'm sorry oh going to the bureaucracy of being in the system and being in the system twice where the vouchers wasn't working and that didn't last too long but just thank God for City Fabs. Thank God for all these other um, programs that are out there that these vouchers could last a long time instead of you going through the revolving door of being in the system and uh, dealing with the fact that, okay, you have your housing, you only could stay here for two years and you're back in the system again. Or if you was only able to have the voucher for one year, which it has happened to people with the Vanish program at the time, it was back in the system. Unfortunately, when I had the Vanish program, it was a good idea and it was a bad idea. The good idea was the fact was that it was a lot of bureaucracy, you know, dealing with real estate agencies and being put on wait, either you was put on a waiting list or they just say, there's nothing available right now. And you're making these phone calls to just to get a place to live. Fortunately, my case manager at the time, he's, he gave us, he, he let us see a place. Me and Alan saw a place. We liked the place. We said yes, right on the spot. Uh, Cause we looked around, we made sure everything was take, was, was, was good. Um, we, we said yes to the to the place but they had to do they had to do like an inspection i think we had to wait at least two weeks or more to make sure that everything was good make sure that everything was fixed and stuff and 
we finally got our place uh, the summer of 2010. Um, me and me and my husband, Alan, we was very excited. We didn't know what to do. Um, that was our first place together. But at the same time, I, I, it, it, I just didn't want to go back into the system anymore. But I didn't know I was going to go back because the program ended. And the sad part about it was the fact was that the neighborhood I was staying at the time, a lot of changes were happening, especially when it came down to gentrification. And around that time, the neighborhood I was living at, the neighborhood was changing. And I didn't mind the diversity of the area, but what hurt me the most was that I was being kicked out. It felt like a, uh, a vacuum cleaner just came through and, and, and cleaned me out. And it was a lot to be stressed about, handled about, and it's hard to go back into the system, you know, and you, and you have to go through the bureaucracy of seeing the case manager, do the independent living plan, uh, uh, see your case manager every week or every two weeks. Um, try to have a good communication with your case manager. I had case managers that were good, and I had case managers that went out one year and not the other. Um, I had to do a lot of compromising. I had to, it's, it was just a lot being in the system. Um, just, it's like, it's a whole dynamic whole dynamic of the change of you from having your own place for two years to going back into a system where you have to adjust back again. And it was hard. Um, you know, it was hard and it was hard to adjust, especially if you're dealing with family and it's hard to explain to them that, hey, back in the system and you know but you try to work around with family when it comes down to spending time with family spending time with your friends outside of the shelter system um and i think once i got out the system and focused on my family which was the best thing to do but when you're in the system and you're in the system and you're in the room um, it doesn't matter if it's small, medium, large, and it's like, wow, you know, this is all that I consider as my home. You know, this is temporary housing, and it's temporarily until you get on your feet. Um, they did have rules. They did regulate. They did have regulations. Excuse me. They had regulations. They had curfews. Um, but at the same time throughout the years that I've been in the system twice, you know, I did get a chance to meet people. I did get a chance to socialize with them. I did get a chance to, you know, go out to the store or we would go out and get coffee and just talk about what's going on. Uh, 
that's the best thing to do because it's like sometimes you you just need a break and you just want to just be outside of that room and just talk and just talk about things especially the issues dealing in the shelter and how you know it's frustrating and it's upset because you you know you're in a a a, a adult family shelters and it's not a cooking facility and you can't cook and the only thing you could do is heat up your food i think what it is the 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 part that that's the only part about it that bothers me is because you're not allowed to cook so the only thing you're able to do is just bring in the food and it has to be hot um you know you did have a little refrigerator so you was able to eat bring salads and stuff like that um, you know, your SNAP benefits is gone by the time you spend so much on food that it's like, oh my God, <laughs> all my, all my money is gone. Um, you know, you have your ups and you have your downs, but at the same time, when you're in a situation where you can't help, then it's like, okay. I never thought I would be in this situation and I never thought that I would have to go through this. But someone as someone who's a person with lived experience had experienced it and had to experience it twice. Um, if first time when it happened, I felt like the first time I experienced it, it was hard. I, you know, it's a wear and tear on your body being told, no, you didn't get accepted. No, you need to, you need to go back where you used to live and no, your husband need to be going to this place, that place. It's, it's frustrating and it hurts because it's like, that's how you break the family apart. That's one thing that when it comes down to the shelter system that if you and your husband goes into the system and they keep denying you, but then it's like, all right, let me leave my child with, with my daughter with family and friends. And then you get in the system with just me and your, me and my husband. But then it's like, I got accepted. Isn't that weird? It didn't make sense. I was hurt because it broke up our family and it's not fair. I felt, I, I, I felt hurt, crying. I was happy, but still crying and upset. Uh, it put a toll and a strain on you, you know, uh, being formerly homeless, um, going to drop-in centers, um, going back and forth on the subways, buses, um, you know, I did it all, but I made it through um, with the support system of my family and my friends and the different organizations that I've been involved in. Uh, second time, like I said, had to go back in the system and I was in the system for four, four years. First time it was three, second time was four. Um, I didn't want to go in the system. I, 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 cause I already knew what I had to deal with. 
I knew what I had to put myself through. I knew that once I stepped foot at, at the door of Affleck, that I knew there was going to be a lot of changes happening. I knew I had to deal with the punches and the holes of the punches was dealing with the DHS, Department of Homeless Services, which is DSS, Department of Social Services, you know, dealing with the independent living plan, dealing with the curfews, dealing with this, dealing with that, you know, tough enough, did that for four years. But at the same time, I had to know how to work things out. But at the same time, I had this, I had that strive of, okay, I did this for four years. I don't want to be here anymore. I shouldn't have been in the system for four years just to get what I wanted, which is where I'm at now. Um, I don't understand the, the bureaucracy of, of, of the things that we have to go through. You know, it, 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 it's a lot of stress and a lot of strain. It's so much you have to go through. Um, you know, you want to be happy. You want to be sad. You, you want to be happy, but you feel sad. You try to put a smile on your face, but you, but deep down inside, you just don't want to be at that place, but you have to until something good comes up. You know, you try to escape like, okay, I'm not staying here. I know where I'm going. I'm going to Starbucks. Yes, I love Starbucks. That was my home. That was, <laughs> I stayed in Starbucks so much that <laughs> that was my second home. Um, I stayed in Dunkin' Donuts even more. And the only reason why, because they had coffee. And I felt that just being in a different atmosphere was a lot better for me because at least I said, okay, I'm out of here. I'm, I, I, I need my space. I need just to go out for a couple of hours and then come back. You know, I would, you know, go out just to even just to take a walk around the block just to say, okay, I got my air. I just need to get that air because, you know, you're in a room, you know, it depends how big your room is. I had all different kind, different size room. And the last shelter I stayed at, the room was, 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 was the medium size, but I had more space and I was able to breathe in there. But some rooms are small and sometimes it could get to the point it gets real tight that you couldn't have but so much in your room. And that's another thing that bothers me. Um, storage. Uh, at one point I did have storage, but unfortunately I had to get rid of it. Um, that didn't work out for me, but luckily I was able to get majority of my stuff out of there. And whatever I couldn't keep, I just gave it away. Uh, they got it, had no furniture. Uh, just mostly clothes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because it's like you have so much stuff, so much clothes, 
and you don't know how big your room is going to be. And then if you do get accepted, it's like, okay, I got accepted. Now I could bring the clothes that I really want. You know, it depends how long I'm be here, spring, summer, and fall and winter. Um, I, it, it, it's a lot. And the way that people are being treated compared to, it's still the same. Um, I just wish that there's some form of having good relationship with these case managers, which you want to have, you know, because now we're in a pandemic and, you know, we don't know how many case managers are out there right now. Uh, I mean, even though there are case managers at this at the shelter sites right now, but it seems like it's a lot different compared to the pre-pandemic days and things was a lot different where now it's like it's different. But, you know, I just feel that I just wish they had more case managers on the site. I wish they had more, um, um, a lot more services, you know, especially like when it comes down to, you know, single men and women. You know, it's 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 like, wow. You know, I I just wish that compared to back in two thousand seven and two thousand and ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, ever, it's still the same when it comes down to the shelter system. Um, you know, thank God, you know, there's city fabs, but you need something more accurate where it could be more than a five-year plan where it needs to be a more uh a voucher where it's like section eight permanent where you know what happens if you if your city thefts is up and then it's like all right but of course that's gonna be broadened out but at the same time it's like you know the way things are now um dealing with these mayors you know dealing with uh bloomberg was horrible he was a rough person you know it was like the whole dhs situation around that era was really rough they got rid of a lot of programs at the time you know but you know that's why the shelter system was so crowded because a lot of people that had the advantage program was right back to square one. Uh, shelters are still crowded now to this day when it comes to families, when it comes to adult families, when it comes to single men and women. Um, we built through the eviction moratorium. Um, a lot of people is able to stay in their home, but then you still got some that may not be able to stay in their homes because they deal, they're dealing with landlords that don't give a flying fluke, you know. Well, you 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 got your you may had paid your rent, but I still want you out. We did what you want, but I still want you out. You could be it could be in that situation. You know the way things are right now, especially when it comes down to what's going on as far as you know, getting the services that you need. But then it's like, when you have programs, when you have, when, it, when I mean by programs, like when you have 
um, there are programs that are out, out there that's willing to help you, but then there's certain things, it's like when it comes down to things dealing with, in my opinion, when it comes down to mental health, I feel that, you know, if someone wants services, cool, fine. But you, if, you can't force them if they don't want the services. Like, okay, I'm here. Okay, I, I need help. But when it comes down to like, you know, certain things, you can't force if they don't want to, if they don't want the services, but like, yeah, I'll receive therapy, but I don't want to take like medication. You understand? So you have to respect that. You can't force somebody to, uh, can't keep people in the hospital if you, if, 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 you can't force people to stay in the hospitals, even though they have a mental issue. But there's like, okay, let's see if we could work something out. You know, I just wish things would be a lot better where we could say, okay, when it comes down to mental health, mental health is very important, especially when it comes down to being homeless and stuff like that, because it's a stress and a strain. And it gets to the point that, okay, I want the services, but is it going to really help me? Or sometimes you could be in a situation where somebody could be want services, but they're scared because they don't want to go through being in the system because they was harassed or they was being bullied around. Oh yeah, okay, I'll go in, and I did it, but then I was I I just couldn't stay there, and that's what's happening when it comes down to men and women in the shelter system. Like okay, I did it, but I don't want to be in it because I've been bullied. I've been bullied. My stuff was being thrown away. You know, it 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 is it, it, nerve wracking because then you people complain, oh, why are they always out here in the streets? But you never know what that person went through because they probably was in the system and they just couldn't deal with it. They need to have, uh, uh, um, yes, they do have street outreach, but when it comes. You know, you can't like, it's up to them if they want to go in the system, but I just want things to be a little bit better when it comes down to DHS and how things could be a lot more better and working together as a community and and just just be like, you want to have that working relationship with when it comes down to getting services and not being denied and you know have that compassion have that care you know and just to just to have that relationship where you push in that resident or slash client away you know you know um especially when it comes down to i'm not for the sweeps it didn't make sense. I don't really support the whole sweeps and kicking them out the community because it's like, yeah, you could kick them out the community, but it doesn't make sense because that I mean that's where they used to stay at, and so they don't have they don't trust the system, and so you know sticking up those signs at these different places. Oh, we're gonna have these sweeps, 
And I'm like, okay, then what? You have the sweeps and who gets involved? And then everybody's stuff gets thrown away. And then what leaves that though? It's not fair. It's like, oh, we'll pay for storage. I'm like, okay, but you know, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, um, I'm a, uh, I, I, I don't think it's, it's necessary for having these sweeps. The sweeps been going on for years. It doesn't make sense. And I just feel that, you know, if you really want to help them, you could just check them and say, okay, listen, do things a little bit different where, all right, we're here just to check in, just to make sure you're okay. Uh, we're not going to take your things. If you do a, a system like that, they'll be like, okay, leave me alone. When I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. Unless you helping me out to get a place to stay. Because I don't want this. I don't trust the system. Now, if they give they in. They have a okay. program like that. Um, that is, they only have 80 beds. And they do have a program that has them coming from street to home. Well, first they go street to um like a a center for like a couple of days probably a, approximately a week and they give them a studio kind of um setup in new york city it's a new thing that the mayor um put out a couple of weeks ago if you guys are updated um i is on the podcast earlier probably a couple, probably like two or three weeks ago to be honest guys um i think i also put it on twitter and if you follow me on youtube you would have found that out also that information also there is a pilot program i want to say houston or another state started it. The mayor looked into it. He's seeing if it could work for New York City, what can and cannot work. Because not because something works somewhere else and might not work in New York City. Because every, every city is in a different makeup and a different system. So he had to see if it works for um, for us. And if it does, he'll see if he could get funding for it and stuff like that. And yes, we have a lot of money in different areas, but you have to kind of shift it around, especially if it's a new program to see if we can fund that program or not. So, um, that's one of the things that they're doing in New York City. Um, to be honest, some people are so used to living on the street that they don't want to go in when they like in housing. And when they do get in housing, sometimes they end up losing because they can't. They just can't function as much. It takes a while for a person to get back to the thing of how everything is in regular normal life, as we want to call it, um, per se. But you're used to staying in a certain particular situation. It's kind of hard to come out of it without getting professional help for it. So. Um, I wish all the people who it's gonna be people who are single single. It's not gonna be made for families. These places, these areas are smaller um, spaces. So because of that, um, we can only work with single people at a time. Not we particular, but the people who are working with it. I want to say when is working with it right now, with the um, press conference that came out a couple of weeks ago. I do know um, people who work in when. I also know pe the people who are worked who worked on this this um, thing for City Hall. And hopefully that program goes successful so we can make it bigger and be able to help more people out there. And hopefully we'll help families too, that'll be great. But right now we are on one population which is fine because I'm not gonna say, oh, because I'm in family thing that I'm gonna only go for families. I want everybody to see the youth, the um, single men and women and families. I want everybody to get off the streets or wherever they are doubling up and things like that and have a better life in no matter where you are, whether it's New York, America, which America, you know, you know what I mean. Whether you're in a different country, it doesn't matter. Everybody deserves to have housing. So, yes. Thank you guys for coming in and hearing her story. We have come to the end of this podcast. Come next week and listen to part two of the Hear Our Voices podcast. See you next time. Bye.